This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome to Keeping It 300. I'm Fallon. James Jones is actually going to join us in just a few minutes. He is on air right now at the NFL Network. We are taping this on a Wednesday, and we have an awesome guest coming up. Thanks to James. It's Dave Damashek. I'm pumped up for that. He is awesome. Now, before we get to that, usually every week we recap what we were up to over the weekend, and this was pretty crazy. If you follow James and I on social media then you know that we worked together over the weekend. Yeah, we covered the Texans and Browns game in Houston. Uh, And this weekend, we actually have the Chiefs and Ravens game in KC. It's going to be freaking freezing. As you guys know, I already live in Missouri, Columbia, Missouri. And um, it's pretty darn cold right now. So we're going to have to dress warm for sure. Uh, Now, this was completely by coincidence. My agent booked me for the gig and the NFL Network suggested him for the gig. And then, bam, we're working together. Like, what are the chances of that happening? It was crazy. I think it's meant to be that we work together. I think we need our own network show. I'm just saying. Anyways, we had a ton of fun. It was a blast. Uh, But let me tell you guys something. So James was checking his phone and getting updates of the Packers game. He was so, so mad. So we're in post game, right? And we're waiting for the Texans to bring us out a player on the field. And James was two seconds away from throwing his phone. He could not believe that the Packers lost to the Cardinals. He was so mad. Now, James, throughout the whole game, during timeouts, he would say, oh my God, the Packers are losing. Oh my God, the Packers could not lose to the Cardinals. He knew that if they lost, that Coach McCarthy would get fired. Um, And after he wasn't surprised, you know, when they announced that Coach McCarthy was fired. But he did say, and I agree with him, that Coach McCarthy deserved to finish out the season. I think he earned that right. Everyone says, oh, the Packers now get a head start on the coaching search, but for what he has done for that franchise, he deserved to at least finish out the season. Just saying. I agree with James on that. And then I had my own issue. Um, For me, when I'm working, especially on a Sunday, there's a couple things I can't do. I can't check how my fantasy team is doing because if I'm struggling, That's just going to ruin my mood and throw me all off. And then number two is, if my husband has a basketball game while I'm working, I can't check the score. But because James was checking the Packers score, I don't know why, but I felt inclined to check the Mizzou score. So me and James were supposed to be locked in calling the game. Uh, During a timeout, I checked how Mizzou was doing. They were playing UCF. The score was close. Uh, We were trailing by a couple points. And then, oh my goodness, my anxiety kicked in. I was like, why did I do this to myself? So the rest of the way, all I could think about was the Mizzou game. Then during our post-game hits, of course, I checked the score again like an idiot. And it said we were down by three with a few seconds left. 
Oh my gosh. So I thought we lost the game, right? So I was in a, just a terrible mood. Just a terrible mood. And then after our post game, um, I looked to check the score and to check the final score, and it said we were in overtime. I was like, what? How did that happen? So I pulled up the ESPN app and watched OT, and we won. Like, hallelujah. So basically, if you're working and you are passionate about a certain team, don't put yourself through torture like James and I did. Don't check the score. It's not healthy. That's the moral of the story. I just had to say that. I know you guys probably don't care, but maybe you guys do care. But let me just tell you, it was a stressful, stressful Sunday, okay, for James and, and I. <laughs> All right, now, before we get to Dave Damashek, I have had a bunch of people ask me about my thoughts on the Kareem Hunt situation. Now, as you know, the Chiefs cut running back Kareem Hunt after a video surfaced from an incident back in February where Hunt and some friends were in a hotel and there was an altercation with some females. On the video, you can see him shove one of them. And then while she was on the floor, he kicked her. Now, it wasn't this vicious kick. It was kind of like a, I don't know, tap on the leg. Anyway, still no excuse, still no excuse. I'm not making, you know, excuses for him. I'm just setting the scene. Here's my thought. I know it was said that the girls involved called Hunt and his friends the N-word. Now, that's a whole nother discussion. And there's no place in the world for that. No place at all. It's, it's disgusting. However, I don't care if they called you out of your name or if they're talking about your mama, if they're throwing stuff at you, talking about your child. I mean, I don't care. You are a professional football player. You know the consequences to your actions. You had several chances to walk away from the situation and you continued to come back and argue with these women. If you're going to be mad, be mad, yell, cuss, whatever, but walk away. Don't put your hands on a woman. Putting your hands on a woman, period, is unacceptable, regardless of the circumstance. Okay, maybe unless, you know, she was coming at, coming at him with a knife or something, trying to kill him, that's different. But these are just words. He should have just walked away. Look, I know it's easier said than done, and I will never, ever, ever, ever understand what it, what it is like to be a black man or a black woman in America, especially during this you know, political and social climate that we're in. And I do not condone what these women said or allegedly said, because if that is the case, that's disgusting. But still, there's no excuse to put your hand on a woman. No excuse. I know it's easier said than done. I could sit here and say, you should have walked away. You should have walked away. It's easier said than done. I'm aware. Cuss her out. That's fine. I'll condone that. Cuss her out. You can call her out, out her name, but don't physically attack her. But you know what is at stake. And he lost his job because of it. And he deserved to lose his job. And he also lied to the chiefs. He had ample time to tell them the truth. And he didn't. He said he never touched anybody or there was no physical altercation. There was just an incident. But just like I said about the Reuben Foster incident, when he is taken off the commissioner's exempt list, and we know the punishment, and after he serves his punishment, he will eventually be back playing in the NFL. All right, let's move on. Time to have some fun with our guest, Dave Damashek. Time now to welcome in Dave Damashek, host of the Dave Damashek Football Program. 
You can catch the episodes on NFL.com or on Twitter at NFL underscore podcasts. You can also follow him on Twitter at Damashek. He's a popular guy. He's a busy man. And he is nice enough to join James and I on Keeping It 300 this week. So thanks for taking the time, Dave. Oh, sure. And listen, the, uh, if it uh, if it intrigues the listener, they can often hear one James Jones uh, <laughs> on that uh, on that show. And he breaks it down. He we have no we have a no jive policy on uh, on the show. James uh, James fulfills that. He does not pull any punches. So. Yeah, it's always great. You know, I always I always keep a tree hunter. You know, I don't want to sugarcoat nothing. You know, Dave Dave won't get it from. <laughs> That's what James does. That's what uh, James is a trailblazer, as we know. I mean, he's the the, the hoodie guy. We've often <laughs> talked about on the show that the only thing that would have been cooler is if he could have gotten an endorsement deal with Hot Pockets or somebody like that <laughs> and kept one warm in the hoodie. And yeah. Pulled it out in, in, in the man, the man, if Dave was my marketing guy when I was playing with the hoodie, we have a lot of money left there. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> well, I will say this. If we're all going to keep it 300, then I got to keep it 300 right now because, um, Dave, you've been with the NFL Network for a while now, and James has been with the NFL Network for a little over a year, right? Right, James? Yeah, a little over a year, yeah. Okay, which means he's known you, Dave, for at least that long, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I, James first started coming in... Um, I think you were still with the Packers at that point, and then you and then you went to Oakland. Yeah, I remember you telling us on the show, in fact, that uh, you were looking to head back home to to wrap things up. And I remember when you told us that the season before you even signed up there. Okay, but I have a point to make here. So he's known you for a while. Um, so you're going to be disappointed with this. Tell me why he didn't know how to say your last name. Nobody does. I just. I, I'm fine with that. I appreciate the candor. Uh, no, 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 no. He's added an R to your name. It's not like he didn't know how to say your name. He said it completely wrong. Like he said, Dermachek, Dermachek, Dermachek. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, are you really doing that right now? Yes. I know. Listen, if I say, if I yell across the street, Dave Dermotet, he's going to turn around. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, first of all, yes, that's true. Uh, two, my feelings are only vaguely hurt. I don't have a monosyllabic uh, surname like uh, Jones, so it is a little bit harder to say. And three, this is, I maybe if I would have in third grade been Dermashek, Instead of Damashek, I wouldn't have been teased because uh, those um, those eight year olds were mean to me because my last name had a has a bad word in it. They would say they would tease me. Dave, oh damn. damn! You have a bad word in your last name. The damn people who live in a shack, and I'd be like, shut up! It's not true. You know, so, uh, Dermashek is maybe an improvement. That's okay. Yeah. My name is Fallon, and it's spelled fall on. So don't worry about it. Everybody's been saying like, oh, fall on you, like when I was growing up. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, there's nothing. There, there's almost uh, the good news is that uh, to take the pressure off of any uh, um, parents or people who are going to be parents. No matter what you name your child, kids figure out a way to make fun of it. So there's really no escaping it. I think. Yeah, and he said that he's going to be on your podcast today. So make sure you call him out. Okay. Just ask him what your name That's is. That's a good idea. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I will do exactly that. Uh, 
just taking shots to this morning. Okay. Paul, hey, welcome to the show. James, James <laughs> Jorn is here, everybody. <laughs> So, Dave, since clearly James needs to get reacquainted with you, uh, we're going to do a quick icebreaker. Okay. It's called This or That. So, I'm going to name two things, and you pick one of them. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. Coffee or tea? I am trying to predict how well, uh, what James likes out of those two. James likes out of those two, I'm going to go with tea because he's a healthy guy. No, he doesn't. He likes coffee. But I'm trying to say what you like. I don't care about what James likes. I'm trying to get James reacquainted oh, with you. Like. Yeah. I, oh, I thought I was guessing. Oh, I'm coffee. Yeah, I'm coffee. Well, actually, it's funny because I'm drinking a tea right now. I, how about that? I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm agnostic about uh, what I, I ingest. That's funny. Okay. It also applies to booze. Oh, hold on. We're not there yet, but I'm going to get there. But uh, uh, cats or dogs? Oh, uh, dogs. Okay, good man. I know, I like dogs too. Cats are lazy. Uh, beer or wine? Uh, wine because I'm old and fat now. <laughs> oh, there's uh, my life it was For most of my life, it was beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> chocolate or vanilla? Um, chocolate, especially dark chocolate. I like, I like my cacao bean turned way up. I don't, you know when you go to the store and they are like, Hey, this has 52% cacao bean or whatever in it yeah. uh, in the chocolate bar. I'm like, not enough for me. Take it up to eight, take it up to the mid eighties, low nineties. You know, I love that. What, what in the world is KO bean? That's what the chocolate's made out of. Yeah, that's so what you, it's made out of. When you go to the grocery store now, they, they put the percentage of cacao bean that is inside the chocolate bar. And what is that? <laughs> I don't know. Tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, the higher the percentage, if it's anything over 80%, I don't think it tastes good. I think it has to be under 80 for it to taste really, really good. I love dark chocolate, though. Not going to lie. It's my favorite. Dark chocolate <laughs> over milk chocolate. We can agree on that, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm, abs- I'm absolutely milk chocolate, but dark chocolate is better for you, but nothing tastes better than milk chocolate. Man. No, I disagree. But anyways, um, oh, offense or defense? Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh uh, and remember the tail end of the uh, 70 Steelers and the Steel Curtain. So mm. that uh, out of nostalgia, I feel obliged to say, uh, to say defense. Okay. Like it. Um, James or MJD? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely James Joe. 100% James Joe. Not even a question. Why are we even talking about that? Oh. There we go. That's a good one, though. But I knew Am I on an SJD podcast right now? I'm not on an SJD <laughs> podcast right now. Never mind that he doesn't have one. That's besides the point. That's funny because I went to school with Maurice, and, and I grew up with James. So um, I might have to send him this clip. So he's not going to be too happy about that, Dave. <laughs> well, okay. you know, what happens, happens. I, you know, Maurice is my guy. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, mend those fences. You'll hug okay. it out? Yeah, he'll understand. He'll understand. Okay, so Brady or Rogers? Ooh. Well, I mean, this is now this. Well, this is you know, it's now's the time. You know, when all the rats are jumping off the ship, where you know, like now everybody. If you ask this to the majority of football America, they would go with um, with Brady right now. But I'm going Rogers, man. I just have never seen anything like it. I mean, well, until. Patrick Mahomes, but even still, that live arm that he has, the easy release and all that kind of stuff, Aaron Rodgers is still moves better than Patrick Mahomes does. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the ability to run the way Rodgers does. So yeah, Rodgers is the best 
I've ever seen. And I really do think that in 2018, for whatever reason, that everything is about who your play caller is. Yes. If you have a clever play caller, those are the guys that are doing well. And even a guy like Aaron Rodgers can't overcome a more conventional approach. And, uh, and I suspect that if they get him a, uh, a more innovative offensive mind in there, that uh, he's going to take off for these next uh, couple of few years. Good answer. But how about if I added Breeze to that? Still Rodgers? Nah, I don't know. I, I like yeah. that. Breeze is great and everything, but I, he, he is, everybody gets super offended by that. Listen, he's still in the top 10 of the Super Bowl era, Drew Brees. Yes. But, you know, listen, if we're putting these things into a hierarchy, everybody can't uh, make it to make it into the VIP room. I'm sorry. He's, he's just invited <laughs> to the party. He just doesn't get behind the velvet rope. That's all. <laughs> okay, almost done with that. Uh, MJ or LeBron? Um, man, that's a tough one. You Dave, know. I, have, I have a, first off, Dave, I have a lot of respect for you, so. You know, I can easily lose respect for you <laughs> on your answer to this question. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. James, it's funny. James and I line up a little bit better than when we do games like this with James and Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne is much more like he admires the tactician, whereas James and I tend to vibe towards the electric guy. Yes. Um, so, man, I, you know what? Whatever James Jones has to say, I'm going. I'm going with LeBron. I'm going. With LeBron. Wow! Oh, oh no, 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 no! So, oh. now, so Dave, I'm, Dave, I'm just letting you know now. When I see you walking in the job in the cap and all that, and I walk straight by you and don't even look at you, man. No disrespect. You just took LeBron off the mic. <laughs> Listen, he was, he was, he was, he was, I mean, obviously I don't have to sing songs about Michael Jordan. Everybody knows about him, but I mean, they weren't just talking practically and you know, the titles are, you know, LeBron's not going to get there in terms of titles, but the one thing about LeBron is just in a basketball sense, he can defend every position on the floor and he can play every position on the, on the floor. Michael Jordan can't. So just that's, that's my little cheat answer to that one. That, and, and I'll tell you one other one. Here's another one too that doesn't exactly apply to what it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a measure of who's the better NBA player. However, for the sake of the conversation, LeBron would definitely beat Michael Jordan in one on one. No, yeah, so. because of his physical stature. I mean, LeBron from birth was this ridiculous physical specimen. And obviously in the game of one-on-one, LeBron will probably bulldoze over MJ. But what I'm saying is that MJ, because of his physical maybe uh, limitations compared to LeBron, he had to work a little harder to become the GOAT. LeBron James' offensive game has nothing compared to Mike and Kobe. And in one-on-one, it's all about having offense and being able to create and make your own shot. LeBron does not have that. Okay, he's but not just gonna, he's not just going to back down Kobe. Yeah, he would. That's exactly no, what he sir. would do. No, sir. He outweighs him. He's like 30 pounds heavier. Exactly. Of course he's backing down. I, I understand you guys saying separate on the scale and all that type of stuff, but it's a lot of stuff that comes into this. And Michael Jordan is much more of a tall and much more heart than LeBron, and he completely shows no, that. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, but on a game of one-on-one, LeBron is just going to freaking bulldoze over MJ. Like, point blank. On the game of one-on-one, on the game of one-on-one, if Mike gets the ball, LeBron might not ever get it. Okay. Such disrespect for, for, for the two of you. Like, LeBron just woke up and decided to be an NBA superstar, and 
and uh, went over to the court that afternoon and then was. He worked, too. He okay, but not, but I'm just happened. saying, it's different. He absolutely worked. But everybody, when they talk about Mike, they forget Mike played defense, too. Yeah. Mike's a great defender. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of guys that I played with that are bigger than me, but you're not just going to back me down in there. I'm going to hold my own. Oh, well. Okay, I was expecting us to spend two minutes on this segment. That's it. Two minutes. <laughs> now we have this <laughs> argument going. <laughs> You can't think you're going to spend two minutes on anything talking about sports, man. <laughs> well, I was, it was supposed to be this or that, one-word answers, okay? Not all this other extra stuff, but that's okay. I like it. But let's see if Dave could redeem himself. Last thing. Tupac or Biggie? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, this is tough because I could go. I, I mean, I... If you would have said this 10 years ago, it would have been Biggie for me. But I've been in L.A. now for a while. You better say Tupac. And, and now, I mean, the, the heart of Los Angeles, the heart of the West Coast, in my book, with all due respect uh, to Dre and Snoop and anybody else, it remains Tupac. And, and he is the soundtrack to Los Angeles, in my opinion. Dave, you, you just got a head nod now Thank when you. I walked past you in the building. You just, you just got a head All right. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yes, he redeemed himself there. Okay, so you grew up in Pittsburgh. Obviously, it goes without saying that you're a Steelers fan. Um, sorry about that Sunday night football game, though. That was rough. But they got the Raiders next, so yeah. uh, y'all are in good shape. It's okay. I don't know, no, no, no. I don't know if you're, <laughs> the history in the 21st century with the Steelers playing Oakland is not good. I don't know why, but it, I mean, from uh, Tomlin on down, I've asked a bunch of guys from the Steelers, why can you never win in Oakland? And they say, we, I don't know, because they're terrible. But for whatever reason, they can't, they can't ever do it. They need to do it this weekend. Now. All I know is yesterday on Power Rankings, I chose the Raiders to upset the Steelers at the crib in Oakland. Just say it. We'll see I, that I mean, listen, I can see it. I can, I can see it. It's just, it, it is legitimately hard, though, to come up with um, – uh, a way that they, well, the way the Raiders scored uh, very many points. I mean, who's who's Derek Carr throwing it to at this point besides uh, Jared Cook? Is that going to be enough to beat the Steelers? I don't know. I think the Steelers should be able to scratch out. Marcel Atman, Seth Roberts, Jordy Nelson. Well, White, well, White Lightning, Jordy Nelson had 10 catches last week, so could be on the phone. Uh, we'll see. You're right. No, listen. I, the last time the Steelers went up to Oakland, uh, Terrell Pryor uh, snapped off a 90-yard run early. Never came back. I was it. there. So, yeah, that was. Uh, I was there. You were there. Yeah, I covered the Raiders for five years. So yes, I was oh, there. All right. all right, all right, good for you. That was a sickening one. James did not um, formally introduce us in the correct way, but that's okay. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to run down everybody's resume. James Jones uh, here, uh, you know, eight years with the Pack, one year with the Raiders. Fallon Smith here. She worked in Wyoming. She worked in Tennessee. She covered the Raiders for five years. I didn't know I was supposed to do Okay, well, hold on. I'm from the Bay Area. Thank you. You're supposed to do all that. Three-time Emmy Award winner. Like, shut up. I'm just kidding. Um, grew up with this knucklehead James Jones. But anyways, <laughs> well, I want to know, as a fan of the Steelers, take away your broadcasting hat, are you a fan of Big Ben? Ooh, that's a good question, Fallon. You're on your toes today. I know. Am I a fan, uh, at, you know, of the football player? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I, in fact, I just uh, I did uh, one of those little video essays that I uh, do on occasion 
about the fact, and I throw it back to the two of you, I know where, where James will come down on this, or at least I, I, I think I do, is um, I like the gunslinger. There are two basic groups for, for good quarterbacks, for successful quarterbacks. And the one that, that is Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman, People call those guys game managers, but that seems disrespectful. That seems to not uh, to not honor their skill set. They pick you apart. Yeah. You know, they they're coaches on the field, all that. You know what that is to me? That's a surgeon. Yeah. So those guys are the surgeon. Or do you like the group of Roethlisberger, Elway, and Brett Favre? I, those guys are the gunslingers. I think you know what, as they always say, it's not the destination; it's the journey. I think uh, the latter group I just gave you, including Roethlisberger, makes the journey much more fun. So week in and week out, you know, yeah, there's some terrible interceptions and some weird stuff along the way, but uh, it, it does make the football season a, a more enjoyable journey, I think, or at least a uh, more suspenseful one. It's been kind of kind of. I'm sure it's nice to be a Patriots fan. Obviously, winning all those titles this year, these uh, these uh, last uh, decade and a half. But it, I do think that even they would have to concede. It's kind of it's not for whatever reason. It's not as exciting, right? It's just kind of like ho hum and surgical in the way they just sort of pick everybody apart. I know I'm sure it'd be great if you were a Patriots fan. I take that back. I'm sure it's fun, but I think you guys get the spirit of what I'm saying. Brett Favre, Don Elway, Robert, fourth quarter, fourth quarter rallies and all that kind of stuff. That's where it's at. Okay, but hypothetically, if you had the chance to swap Big Ben with any other quarterback in the league right now, would you? And if so, who would it be? Ooh. Aaron Rodgers, that's it. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> in terms of, uh, it's a specific thing, you know, that, uh, uh, first of all, the way Antonio Brown likes to play, I think that's a specific kind of receiver that he has that connection with. Um, it, I, I think a fun way, I love that idea of, of trading QBs to different situations. It's a fun way to evaluate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you, if, if the question is who, what team, is most dependent on its particular QB. What team would just fall off the cliff if you took their QB away and plugged in a league average guy? If you plugged in, say, Andy Dalton instead of your QB, how much worse would your team get? And I think that um, I think the Steelers would be in a lot of trouble without Roethlisberger. He covers up a lot of junk. But I think Russell Wilson and Cam Newton – and maybe Rodgers that would be my top three. So I guess those names would be the ones that I would kind of look to to answer your question. I don't think Drew Brees as a as a as an example. I don't think that uh, I don't think that um, as great as Drew Brees is. I don't think you could just drop him on any team and he would be say he would be dynamite. I don't think he'd be good Ooh. if you threw him on uh, on you know Cincinnati or somebody like that. You would take Cam Newton over Big Ben and Pittsburgh. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm 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 using the measure of who, what team would suffer the most if they lost their QB. Now, I love Cam. I think he is underappreciated too. In the same way, any physical specimen like that, people tend to marginalize what it took for them to get to where they are. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's the LeBron thing too, or you know, or Shaq. Like, oh, they didn't have to work hard. There's some assumption. Oh, they had it easy because they're uh, gifted. They're you know, they're monstrous. Uh, physical specimens, but, um, uh, so I always, uh, just try to work cam into that conversation. No, no, no. I, I guess I'd go with, uh, better than Roethlisberger at this point. I mean, if, just for the rest of the season, I wouldn't want Tom Brady. I mean, I like, I, 
I don't think he would be. Uh, I'm talking about a specific fit for the Steelers. I don't think Tom Brady, if you flipped him into uh, under the Steelers roster, suddenly they, they would be better than uh, they are with uh, number seven. Yeah. No, I agree with them. I, I just think the style of football Big Ben plays over there in Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, moving around, making plays outside the pocket. That's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's game. So I do feel like. Pittsburgh Steelers are used to that type guy, so I would definitely agree with like a Russell Wilson, the Aaron Rodgers guys that get out the pocket and make some plays, throw the ball down the field. But man, I'm just thinking about Russell and Aaron Rodgers with Juju and AB. Mm-hmm. You know the running game in the backfield with James Conner. Oh no, could be another couple more Super Bowls up here. But that's what like you say though. It's- those are, that's, those are the three that I always refer to. Those three go together in a group on some level, in my opinion, Russell, uh, Rogers, and Roethlisberger, because they're the only three guys in the league that can really, truly overcome a dreadful offensive line because they could do stuff off script and off time. Uh, the other guys are more dependent on that. I know Drew Brees and Brady get rid of it before the pass rush is, uh, is an issue, but, you know, the guys that have to deal with guys get a little week in and week out with, uh, I mean, Roethlisberger now for a few years has had a very good offensive line, but in the prime of his career, um, when he was playing, uh, James Jones and the Packers in the Super Bowl <laughs> and, uh, winning, beating that, winning that card, when they, when they beat the Cardinals in that Super Bowl, uh, a decade ago now, that uh, that offensive line was one of the five worst in the league, and they won the Super Bowl in spite of it. I don't think Drew Brees or Brady could do that. I don't think they could win a Super Bowl behind an O line that was as bad as uh, Pittsburgh's was that year. And for that matter, Rodgers has been behind the subpar offensive line for many years of his career too. I do want to ask you this: with James Conner being out with this ankle injury, is Le'Veon Bell going to come back to bite the Steelers and? the Steelers not be able to make the playoffs or not to make a run in the playoffs. I'll tell you, man, uh, you're, uh, the aforementioned Maurice Jones drew now has decided to start calling it the Levy, the curse of Levy and bell. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe the football gods have rendered their verdict on this, uh, via, uh, 26 and said, see, you should have signed them when you had the chance to, um, yeah, it's a problem. It's a, you know, would that have happened? In what happened in Denver a couple of weeks ago, would that have happened if Levy and Bell had been on there? Probably not. No. They probably would have given it to 26 uh, four the times at the goal line until okay. until he went in. You know, it just wouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, practically, if if uh, if you what, imagine if it was like, oh, James Conner, high ankle sprain or whatever it is. Um, I guess I guess we just have to fall back on the All Pro uh, best running back of the last decade, uh, um, Levy and Bell. Oh well, I mean, yeah, he'd be nice and fresh on top of everything else. So, yeah, that that is that's gonna that's gonna hurt him, man. Because it's funny that they, you know, for all the talk about, you know, I mean, I've never seen anything like it, and the, the numbers support that there's never been anything like it in the NFL with all the uh, the crazy scores, 54-51 at the Coliseum a few weeks ago and, and all that kind of stuff. But it is, it just is at this time of the year, they, the players will tell you that over and over again, and it's like the teams start running the ball more now, and the Steelers, I mean, they're going to be starting in Oakland a guy who's literally never played tailback in yeah. football. Jalen Samuels has never played tailback in college either. So, so, so uh, that's uh, less than ideal. 
I think uh, is how I'll describe it. And then you add to that, you guys still have to play the Patriots and the Saints. So if yep. he's going to miss more than one game, looks a little scary for y'all down the stretch. Oh, yeah. there's. I mean, people a month ago, I was telling people that a month ago, people announced after they beat the Ravens, uh, Pittsburgh, okay, so now the division, at least, the Steelers are going to win. And I said, just, you know, take a look at what they have coming up here. And if they slip up, I thought maybe it would be in Jacksonville, which it almost was, but instead Denver got them. But now, yeah, right, they, they, they must take down either the Patriots or Saints, or they're in some real, uh, they're in some real uh, trouble. And plus, they have to take care of Cincy and Oakland. But if they drop both those Saints and Patriots games, there's a very deep threat. There's a, a, a fair chance, at least, that the Ravens are going to jump them. The problem for the Ravens is they have the Chiefs and the Chargers on the road uh, themselves, so they don't have an easy road to hope uh, either. But there's a chance the way the Ravens are playing defense right now that they could uh, end up stealing the, the division. Okay, so we have a ton of um, Raiders followers because, one, I covered the Raiders for five years, and then James, obviously, is from the Bay Area and played for the Raiders for a year. So real quick, I just want to get your thoughts on the state of the Raiders and if you were a fan initially of the John Gruden hire. Uh, I was not at the time. I'm not, this isn't 2020 hindsight. I was not a, a fan of it at the time. I, I get what it does uh, from a PR standpoint, the enthusiasm that it would draw. But I, I just thought that it seemed like uh, uh, a, a gimmick. you know. And by, and by the way, too, I also feel like if you really dig into it, it's not like uh, John Gruden was – you know, if you if you think back to like a guy like Joe Gibbs who won three Super Bowls with so three separate quarterbacks and all that, and then he went away for a little while and then returned to the league for a bit. It's not like John Gruden has that sort of uh, a resume. I mean, he had the the Super Bowl, obviously, but it, but look at his track record. Look at his winning percentage. It's not like he revolutionized football or was a consistent winner in his first go around. So I I don't think it was. I didn't think it was a great hire at the time and. But I, 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 his legacy, for better or worse, is going to be getting all those draft picks now It's a matter of what to do with them. Exactly. And as you mentioned, in Tampa Bay, he won a Super Bowl with someone else's players. So. Right, exactly. So, okay, we started this podcast about two and a half months ago. And we thought because we both had a good-sized following on social media that it would be easy to get listeners. Um, and we've had some big-time guests. So we thought, okay, we get these big-time guests, and then we're just going to blow up, right? And clearly that has not been the case. You're obviously the biggest, though, Dave. Thank you. I mean, I didn't want to say it because I thought that would sound vain. So he's basically saying you're bigger than uh, Derek Carr and Andre Ward, so that's high praise, but all right. Uh, But anyways, uh, you know, it hasn't been the case. You know, getting the podcast following is definitely different than a social media following. It's slowly growing and getting there, which is great to see for us, but... Um, I'm someone who needs instant validation, you know, so I'm very impatient right now. What advice can you give us? I think that my sincere advice is, you know, James is, um, you're great, Fallon. That is clear in talking to you for these few minutes. But James was, uh, you know, was a natural when he was a player. He came across as that. Honest and all that. People always say that's the that's the best thing in life is honesty, but it really is true with something like this. If you're lying, that's going to be that, that's or you're, if you're saying something to to that you don't really believe, that's a weird uh, direction to take things. So you guys got that part covered, dude. Uh, James shoots straight with that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I think it's about the two of you. It's not about the, your guests. 
that's always what I'd say to people with, um, with, uh, you know, from late night TV shows to radio shows to podcasts, rarely is it dependent on the quality of the guests that you have on. It's, it's, it's on the two of you. People want to hear what you think about things. It's not seeing if you can tap into somebody else to tell you, uh, stuff. It re- the audience will come back around. You don't want it to be based on the quality of the guests. Who do they have on this day? Oh, I don't care about this damn shirt, this damn shirt snook. Uh, so I'm not going to listen. You want it to be about like, oh, I can't wait to hear what those two are talking about. That's what you have to build the show around is each other and uh, your relationship and bring other people in, whoever your guest is, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Dave Damashirk, uh, you, you gotta, you know, you want it to, you want to bring them into your world and it to be about, oh, I can't wait to hear those two with, uh, with their big guest or their guest I've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. James, you got anything? That's very good. No, that's very good advice right there because, you know, Dave, I'm a very laid back, cool and calm guy, you know. I'm, I mean, not a lot of things save me, you know. I mean, you know, I get a lot of stuff on Twitter, you know, you're stupid, you're a crackhead, your mother, you know, and you maybe pick that you pick this. But as for styling, you know, she's she's a little bit more the sensitive side. So hey, no. she's competitive. And she's competitive, too. So if, you know, she's like, hey, Tyler people have better numbers than us, and we had Andre Ward and Dave Damachek on the show, and, Derek Carr, and they still got better ratings. It'll it'll be with her for the whole week. Yes. She'll call me a million times, stretched <laughs> out, and I'll be and I'm super laid back. And then it's like I don't care. So it's good. We just got that info for you. That hey, listen, it takes some time, you know. And they yeah, got, well, that's the other thing too. With podcasts, it really does take at least six months before you start to see where you are and. Uh, mm-hmm start to get some sort of an audience there. Don't take it personally. It's, it's very, it's a def, it's definitely a tough code to crack and it doesn't, it, you can look through all the, the, uh, famous people that have tried to start podcasts. It's really, uh, it's really, a uh, it's much the tougher thing to, to do than just having a big name attached to the show. It's all about, like I say, it's all about the two of you. We appreciate that, Dave. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, so uh, so you have my full support. I, and, and I would think too, in terms of uh, in terms of bite size kind of chunks. That's if you do have a sizable Twitter following. If you have 15 seconds, or if you have a minute or two minutes worth of uh, really good stuff of a segment that you guys do every week uh, of uh, something like that uh, of a franchise segment uh, that that will break through more easily than anybody consuming a 45 minute or hour long show. I'm on, I'm on James Jones's uh, podcast. As a matter of fact, right now, there's a, the, our colleagues are kicking me out of the office. I was just in for their fancy total access meeting. <laughs> That's a meeting that I'm on my way to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let them know you're late. Okay. Real quick question before you go. I want to know what you think about James's fashion. And what he wears on air because you were kind of hating on Cam Newton and what he was wearing after their loss this week. No, I always like uh, Cam's outfits. I think, no, I thought that one was especially funny because I always try to, 
it's funny that you, you mentioned that one because I've said to James Jones and periodically I put on social media and I take pictures of them and stuff and say, another, uh, another outfit that James Jones looks cool in that people would point laugh at me if I put on. That's, uh, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why it's acceptable for James Jones to look cool and stuff, but if I do it, that uh, I look like the biggest jerk in the world, but uh, that's I, I, I have two eyes, and I can see that's true. More importantly, even than his uh, bold fashion sense, though, I've said it, I, and James can confirm this, the very first time he ever walked into the podcast studio, and just about every time since, he's the best-smelling man in pro <laughs> I've, given him, I, I, I've given him that title. I don't know what, what his... Uh, his uh, scent are, but he's, he's tried to counsel me on what they are. But uh, they're yeah, well, I, got, I got a couple. I got a couple good ones that I'll catch, catch the, the nose of a lot of people. That's right. We worked together this weekend, and I actually thought that he smelled really good. But then I said, "Dude, you just like took a shower in your cologne. Like he drenches himself in his cologne." There you go, hating again. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You gotta get the hate out of your heart. <laughs> you see that, Jane? That's a. Come on home, James. Uh, you know what? Alan, you know, she's giving you the tough look. I'm just Come kidding. on home. Total access producers are waving. Where's James? I know. I know. I know. I'm a boy. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate you, Dave. You're awesome. Thank you very much. For sure. Great times. Anytime. Uh, anything for, uh, for my guy. Yeah. Anytime. Good luck with it. All right. Appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you all. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to Keeping It 300. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and Art19. And more importantly, please rate us and write a review. And for those who already have done that, thank you so much. You're awesome. We love y'all. All right, again, this is Keeping It 300 brought to you by Blue Wire. For James, I'm Fallon. We out. See you.